Welcome to the Just Off Glen podcast with your host, Christy Alexander, where we talk to the movers, shakers, and change makers. Just Off Glen. Hi, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Just Off Glen podcast. I'm your host, Christy Alexander, owner of WorkSmart Coworking and Meeting Space in downtown Glens Falls. And today my guest is Kat Johnson. She's an established teacher and public speaker around the world. Kat founded a virtual marketing club and community called The Lab. She hosts a monthly virtual event series, and she also has her own podcast. So as my mentor and friend, I'm honored to welcome you to the podcast, Kat. Thank you, Christy. I'm absolutely delighted to be here with you. I've been excited all morning. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. Um I am going to start off with uh, a little bit of an icebreaker for us, uh, some fun would-you-rather questions. So, would you rather give a keynote speech at a major international event with a quirky, mismatched outfit that you accidentally grabbed in the dark, or... (laughs) Lead a coaching session with a group of enthusiastic entrepreneurs who can't resist sharing their embarrassing childhood stories. Oh, those are two good ones. I mean, I love an embarrassing childhood story, but I'm also trying to give keynotes. So um, I guess I would say the first one, the the keynote, even with my quirky outfit. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that you grabbed in the dark. I was like, boy, that'd be a real toss up for me. Uh, do I look silly or am I going to have to figure out how to get control of this room with all these uh, entrepreneurs sharing embarrassing stories? I love it. What about if you had to choose, would you rather write a thought provoking article using writing software that randomly changes the words to puns and dad jokes? Or host an in-person event where co-working space operators share their most outlandish workspace decorating tips involving giant rubber ducks and disco balls. Definitely the latter. (laughs) Definitely the second one. That sounds way more fun. It does. (laughs) Than trying to uh, edit dad jokes. It does not not sound fun. I don't want anyone inserting themselves into my writing. (laughs) (laughs) I get that completely. Oh, so fun to have you here. So um, Mm, thank you, Christy. uh, One of my favorite things we've talked about this before about uh, being an entrepreneur is the freedom that we have to step outside Mm. of our comfort zones and try new things and create new experiences. However, entrepreneurship comes with a lot of risk, even with all that fun and uh, excitement. Fear sneaks in, and no matter how well we've lined all of our ducks up in a row, um, the fear is really challenging and becomes hard to overcome. So um, I wanted to chat with you about entrepreneurship. In the past, you've shared with me Um, that you've adopted a bit of this mentality of do it scared. So I'd love to unpack that a little bit and talk about what do it scared means to you. Yeah, so first things first, I am constantly out of my comfort zone. Several times a week, I do things that are outside of my comfort zone. Even showing up for a podcast is 
uh, you know, it yeah. comes with like, uh, how's it going to be and all of that stuff. So I spent many years working in record stores and I always knew I was capable of doing more. And it was a great job. It was a fun job, really fun chapter, like no regrets. And I knew I was capable of more, but more required doing things that scared me, reaching out, putting myself out there, asking people for things. Um, and when I finally did that, my life started transforming. And the more I kind of called on bravery and the more I did courageous things, the bigger my world got, right? And like with with the convos, with the event series, before the first, second, probably first half dozen of, of them, I would have anxiety for like weeks oh, no. about what if things went terrible, but making myself show up, right? Mm -hmm. um, making myself do the thing. And now that we've, we're almost at 50, we're creeping up on 50. And I still, like the morning of, I still am a little elevated. It's still like, oh, what if something goes crazy? But I've done it enough times that my comfort zone around it is way expanded. So I just feel like until we, I don't think we can become our best selves until we're willing to pursue things that that scare us. And oftentimes our vision is intimidating, mm -hmm. right? The things we want to do. And the thing that keeps me really grounded, I feel so fortunate that when I get an imposter syndrome or have a big fear flare up, get an anxiety, I can shift my focus and think about the people I serve and how I serve them and how I can best serve them. Mm -hmm. And keeping my focus on that helps a lot when I have those fear flare ups. I think that the fear is, um, not necessarily completely bad. I think it's good because it keeps us in check. I was thinking when you were just saying that um, you, it feels a little bit elevated even the morning of the event series. Like, I think that it's good because it it's that self-check of, okay, what am I doing? It helps us make sure we're prepared to do what we're doing in whatever way we can be prepared. And, you know, even with myself is like, okay, today, how does, is my tech all set up? Do I know how that's going to work? And do I know what we're going to talk about? And to kind of get in the mindset of, you know, who I'm talking with and what our topics are. Um, so it is good in that it keeps us in check, but it is not good when it prevents us from stepping out into those new opportunities, like you said. Yeah, I think I think that's right. It does keep us a little sharper. Like if we just showed up to a podcast or an event like with the kind of a oh, whatever, <laughs> just see how it goes. It wouldn't be good for anyone, right? So I I I remember reading or seeing some graphic that like expanding our comfort zone. We don't go from zero to 10, right? We go right. from zero or from zero to one, one to two. Mm -hmm. And if it's too much, it's complete overwhelm, right? right? Like the anxiety, the overwhelm being way too far out of, of what we actually know how to do. So mm -hmm. there definitely is a progressive thing that happens, but I agree completely. Like the, the fear keeps me sharp. Yeah. And, and that's a great, 
perspective too, is we don't go from zero to 10. It's one step at a time and, and kind of little eke out of the comfort zone, just a little bit at a time. And I, that also, that builds yes. our confidence too. Like, okay, well, I did that. I can do that. I know I'm capable of that. Yes. It was a little uncomfortable, but if I can do that. I, I can do the next thing. Yeah. My friend says, look for the evidence, right? Like look Ooh. behind and see like, I've done this many podcasts. I've done this many events. I've spoken in front of groups. Like the first time I did a, a talk to a big group of people, I had there with my notes, you know, and I was probably just reading my notes and with my hands shaking the whole time. It was not a good presentation, you know, and now years later I can show up and I have my slides to keep me on track, but I'm just talking. I'm just sharing and I've gotten way more comfortable and it's still, right. you know, it, it still makes me nervous, but I've done it enough times that I know chances are really good. I'm not going to fall on my face. Yeah. And then if I do, I'll, you know, I can, I can wiggle my way out of it, but right. yeah, you have this evidence of all the things that you've done. That's a good point. Is there uh, a time in particular that stands out to you where you um, stepped outside of your comfort zone, you did it scared and it, you had a positive outcome on the other side. Well, honestly, it, it's all the time, right? That I have a huge relief every time an event goes well, or I get positive feedback from a talk or a workshop or something like that. So um, I guess the the early days of teaching and, and running events and things where I was so anxious and so nervous and just thought this is going to be a disaster. What am I doing? And then I did the thing. And even if my voice trembled a little bit, got made it to the other side, like that was a huge success. That was a huge, like I showed up scared and I did it for me. That's a huge win. Like, that moment because the path of least resistance is like, I'm just going to sit home on the couch right. and never do anything. Right. So like every time we show up and do something that scares us, that's a huge win. Even if it's making a phone call, like right now I'm, I'm learning marketing and writing and things like that come easily to me, but things like doing sales and outreach and bringing on sponsors and things like that, that's, not like a natural skill set for me. So every time I have to do that, I'm like, oh, it's I'm probably a mess. I'm probably a disaster. So like learning to do that. But every time I I chat with someone, call somebody, pitch somebody, hopefully getting better each time, I feel mm -hmm. like, okay, let's like there's there's this thing that you have to do the thing to get good at the thing, right? Like right. so many people get stuck at the starting line where they're like, I'm going to learn everything about sales before I ever make a sales call. And it's like, you can't, you have to right. make like a thousand sales calls to learn how to do a sales call. Right. Right. So um, yeah, being willing to, to show up less than great for things. That's kind of a running, it's a through line of all of my work. Like with, whether it's starting a podcast or events or whatever, like showing up and doing the first one, knowing that it won't be perfect or even making a reel, something a lot smaller, like showing up and knowing it's probably not going to be very good, but I don't have anything that I can correct and improve and build upon until I'm willing Start. to do that one thing. Yeah. That's such an excellent point. And 
there's um, something that you, uh, um, it's it's been kind of a resounding theme with you um, in all of the um, group coaching series and the conversations that you've taught us, and that's the humanness. Bring your humanness to whatever you're doing. And I think in the the shaky voice and the not so perfect sales call is that's the humanness, and that's where um, the person on the other line or the person in the audience really connects with us. Um, and something that you and I have talked about on a couple of occasions really is that, um, we, you know, when, when grappling with self doubt, um, we can't, the, the self doubt and a service mindset cannot coexist We're we're either in that place of self doubt and, and fear and how am I going to do this? Or we're in that place of, I'm here to serve this community. So help us help us understand that a little bit better because I really appreciate the perspective that you always bring. I'm glad to hear that. And this is a tool I use all the time, Christy. Like if I'm in self-doubt, imposter syndrome, fear, the focus is 100% on me. Right. All I'm doing is thinking about myself, right? And that subtle sh- shift of like, okay, why am I doing this? I'm doing this to help entrepreneurs, small business owners learn a new skill or do a new thing. And I have something I can share with them. I think it's a value. Let's do everything we can to help them. And I do it all the time from yesterday's workshop to speaking to whatever. Mm -hmm. The more I can keep the focus on the people I'm helping. And the kind of underlying thing with that is you have to come from that place in building your in building everything right mm-hmm. like if you can build your business whether whatever you're doing um with people in mind i think that helps a lot it helps with the purpose it helps with showing up and and being courageous it helps when you get into imposter syndrome thinking like what am i even doing i'm i'm a disaster <laughs> i don't even know what's happening right now And then you think like, oh, there's somebody out there who is struggling with their newsletter or whatever it is. And I have something I can share with them that will be helpful. So just keeping the focus on that person or that group of people is it's like a little mindset shift that's pretty powerful. It is. It and when we <laughs> when we show up in a mismatched outfit to give a keynote, you know, address and uh it can be, it can be debil- debilitating, right? But that that little phrase, "It's not about me," is so powerful, and I have often kept that uh, top of mind, and that's what enables me to jump on a podcast and uh, serve the community here at WorkSmart. And you know, some days just open my doors, right? Because that fear can really sabotage so much, but just to say, this this isn't about me. This, you know, there are people that need a place to work. There are people that need a place to have professional meetings and, um, you know, right to the podcast where there are people that are doing amazing things in our community. And I want others to know that they have those resources available to them, whether it be information or, you know, our, our backpack program that's feeding students in our Glens Falls School District, all that stuff, that has nothing to do with me. I need to take myself out of the, 
the equation and I need mm-hmm. to show up. And uh, I, I just, I really appreciate that. I think that that's just a powerful perspective to have. Um, I think so too. And the the reason I do the work I do in, in the world I work in is the potential for co-working spaces to transform lives as they support entrepreneurs and business owners and freelancers and remote workers is um, remarkable, right? It's like the, the there's a, what's the word? I guess exponential impact that you can have there by bringing people into shared spaces. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's up to you to hold space for people. And then it's up to them to activate and, and take advantage of everything there. Right. Right. Um, in thinking through often setbacks occur because we're juggling so many responsibilities as entrepreneurs and it becomes overwhelming. And definitely when there's overwhelm, fear can set in. How do you prioritize your goals and maintain focus amidst all the demands that you have as an entrepreneur? <laughs> I wish I had I wish I had a great answer. I am constantly having to refocus myself because the thing I love about entrepreneurship is I can think, oh, that's a good idea. Let me map this out a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll go forward with that and do new things. And I end up getting spread way too thin. I end up getting unfocused because I'm off here thinking about another, the next project or what I should do. Mm-hmm. Like one of the challenges for me is constantly bringing myself back to the core things I do, the core group of people I serve. And if it makes sense to expand from that, but not getting too out there with all with all of the ideas. So um, I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah. the way I do it is constantly refocusing. I have to bring myself back like on a weekly basis. Am I doing, and it's also easy as a creator, as somebody who is naturally creative, I really enjoy that process. I have to make sure that the things I'm spending my mo- the most time and energy on are actually moving the needle in my business mm-hmm. and not just keeping things going, fun to do, creative pursuits, but actually like where are the high leverage things? Am I spending enough time doing those, like making those calls, right? Rather mm-hmm. than writing or creating or something like that. So it's a balance for sure. But um, yeah, focus is is the thing that that I do constantly. Yeah, it's easy uh, to be chasing all the shiny objects, especially as a creator with all the ideas that come. <laughs> so I struggle with that myself. But I love that we can go back to, you know, who, who are we serving? What do they want? What do they need from us? And again, like you said, what's going to move the needle? And then maybe those ideas that we have, um, and I think we've talked about this before in the lab too, is just capture them in a notebook because it may not be a a not never, not at all idea, Mm -hmm. but it could be a just a not now idea and we can revisit those, but we can't stay focused if we're chasing, chasing all of them. Um, Curious. Yeah, I, def- I definitely have a not now folder. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. And it's growing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Um, I'm curious, though, if there are any um, sp- books that have had a significant impact on your entrepreneurial journey. So I read a lot, mostly mm-hmm. nonfiction. I'm in some kind of deep in sales land right now because I'm really trying to learn that new skill. And some of my favorites are old school sales things. Like I really like strategies that are evergreen, not necessarily like the latest hack that in three months is going to be dated. I really mm-hmm. like things that kind of speak to the humanists. So that's what I'm exploring now. But I was thinking about this recently. And one book that I go back to constantly, and it's right aligned with what I just said about focusing, it's called The One Thing. And the question it poses over and over and over is like, what's the one thing that you can do right now that will make everything else irrelevant or unnecessary? So it's basically looking for like, where's the big move where I can stop spinning a hundred different wheels and take one action or one direction that will significantly move everything. So that's the kind of concept in a nutshell, but the book breaks it down in in some really interesting ways. So I definitely recommend the one thing. And then also um, essentialism is it pairs nicely with the one thing it's just like what are you doing that you can strip away and Mm. wouldn't you wouldn't miss right getting just to the essentials in life but also or in business but also just in in your life and your relations in your house all the things Mm, I can relate to that completely because I've been kind of stripping away with my daughter being a senior in college now I've been going through the boxes in the basement and what do we, what do we just not need? What's, Mm. you know, sat in a box and been unopened since the day I moved in pretty much. And so stripping away all just, you know, uh, people call it minimalism. I just call it declutter. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So like you said, whether it's in my head, in my business, in my house, That's helpful. I'll link to both those books um, in the episode notes and I will check them out because I haven't read either one of them. Um, So, oh yeah, let me know. I will. I definitely will. I don't know. We've got our book club in the lab, so we'll have to commit on that a bit. When entrepreneurship gets hard for you, what is it that allows you to embrace the setbacks and persevere? Well, it's so hard. I feel I love this life so much. It's so fulfilling and it is so hard. And like just this morning, I called a friend who's also an entrepreneur and was just running through some questions with her. Like I I said, I'm afraid my business model is off. I'm afraid I'm just doing it wrong. I had a disappointing thing happen yesterday that just made me question everything. And last Mm. night I was kind of licking my wounds and this morning I felt better. And the reality is what we do as entrepreneurs is like, get up, get dressed, go do to work, go to work. Like I had 30 things on my to-do list today. So I think that reaching out to friends who can relate and talk us off the ledge is is always good. Mm. Um, kind of reminding myself that I do have an impact, even when it's not looking how I want it to look, as long as I'm staying in service mindset, as long as I'm helping um, 
that having that as the baseline, I'm contributing to the good in the world, you know, and when it's usually financial stuff, that's the stress, right? Like Mm -hmm. this did happen or this didn't happen or this unexpected thing or, you know, all the things, um, the financial pieces is interesting because we have to always be moving that needle because it's us, right? right? right like right. at a comp at a company, you're just like, oh well, I'll just get a new job or whatever. Yeah. And with entrepreneurship, it's like the good is we we benefit from the good, and we also have to deal with the pressure and when things go sideways. So, honestly, having a support community of people is is super helpful and just kind of reminding ourselves and then i think there's just some grit there's some resilience to it too mm-hmm. like the reason most people don't do entrepreneurship is because it's really hard and the first time you get knocked down or the first time there's a big problem a lot of people would say like i'm out i don't want to do this mm-hmm. so those of us who are like okay i'm going to lick my wounds for a little bit here but i have a lot of stuff that i still need to do so and then also what i've been doing today is just kind of looking at like where are there opportunities that i'm not visiting like just being an entrepreneur like mm-hmm. okay what am i not seeing here how can i course correct uh what opportunities have i not explored entirely and just keep moving. My friend always says, lighten up and keep moving, right? Like what what choice do we have? We can always right. stop and get a job, but right. I, I, yeah, th- that's not the life for me. Right. Yeah. I, I um, had a conversation with a member this morning um, who uh, had said, you know, kind of the feeling kind of the same thing, like you get down and sometimes you just have to keep focusing on, I'm just going to show up and do the thing and show up and do the thing. And it's hard because you talk about marketing is a long game. And we discuss that all the time. Mm -hmm. You just keep sending the newsletter. You just keep posting. You just keep writing the blogs and you will see results. But the hard part is that you can't predict when you're going to see the results. Um, like you said, the, the supportive community and, and having somebody just to call when something goes left, the community connections are, they're priceless when it comes Mm -hmm. to being an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm curious though, what advice, if any, can you share with somebody who, um, says, you know, connecting and building that community that I know I, that I need that is vital feels intimidating to me? I love this question so much because I've been, I was at a networking event recently and it was huge. And I am a newcomer to the community and it seemed like everybody knew everybody else. And there wasn't a great way for me to like break in. And I'm pretty introverted. I'm pretty quiet, even though I'm like public facing in my work. I'm pretty, pretty quiet person. Um, and I thought there need to be ways for everyone to connect into a community, right? It can't just be one way, whether it's a networking event or a small gathering or a co-working space or whatever, having lots of different options because not everyone wants to go to a happy hour or a, a networking thing like that. But somebody might really appreciate having a small group 
kind of event or something where their conversations are a little bit more intimate. And then I've also learned that sometimes people want to be around it, but they don't necessarily want to be in it. They like Mm. being in like the buzz of having humans around, like working in a coffee shop it also equates to working in a co-working space where some people will not come to anything, but they love just kind of being around the hustle and bustle. So I think the trick is having a lot of different ways that people can connect. And sometimes that it just means virtually as well. Like some people, mm-hmm. they're, the way they're going to be the most comfortable is chatting in a in a Slack or something. And other people want to be front and center with all the events and all the things. So it's having lots of ways that people can tap into a community. I love that variety. You know mm-hmm. what? Honestly, we have that available here at WorkSmart and I've never really put it into that context, right? So we've designed the space so that people can work the way they work best and the soft seating and the desks and the chairs and the sit-stand desks and all the things. We've got people who they don't want to come to the to the member lunch meetups, right? That's just too much. It's a lot. But they really do, you know, want to connect with somebody in the space who, Hey, I, I heard you designed websites and I have a couple questions. Um, so they, they really want that opportunity. So really just offering those different opportunities is important. Yeah. Our, in our humanness, we, we rely so much on each other. Like as a species, we have to have each other. We could not right. exist without right. each other. So it's just deeply a part of us. So the trick is finding ways that people can connect in ways that are comfortable for them as community builders. Because I maybe there's some fringe outliers who are extremely antisocial, who never want to be around anyone ever. Mm-hmm. But the majority of us, we want and need that. It's just right. we have different levels of of comfort around connection. That's a great point. Great point. And what are some ways that you've seen people maintain the strong sense of community once it's built? Because it, again, it, community doesn't really build itself. It doesn't happen on its own. There are key players. And in order to maintain that strong sense of community, certain things have to take place. Yeah, I think one of the, a long tail lesson, a long game lesson is that community doesn't happen, like connection and community building doesn't happen quickly right? It's like touch point after touch point after touch point after touch point, even with a new friendship or being in a new space or being part of a new business community. Like the first, the first time, the first five times, first 10 times, you're still kind of feeling it out and it takes a while. And people who want quick win, like to build a brand community right now, because that's, that's where we're going. That's where the future's going. They don't want to hear that it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of emotion investment of showing up over and over, bringing people together over and over and over and relaxing and letting those conversations and connections naturally take place. Like you Mm -hmm. just can't rush it. But the beautiful thing is then once it's built, once you have that foundation, it's so strong. It's mm-hmm. so strong. It's way better than a straw house that's just going to, you know, collapse with with one mishap. It's like once those connections are made, you have something truly extraordinary. And I've seen it happen in a 
a lot of different contexts of community, but being willing to take that slow road and put the emotion in and and put the the humanness in, I think it pays off uh, tremendously down the road. You, um, so we didn't mention at the outset, but through the, um, the, the virtual community that you've built, the lab, um, the public speaking and the writing, you're a community builder at heart. What's your favorite part? Of community building? Yeah. What's like, which, what, what, what really lights you up? When it comes to building community and. Oh, that's such a good, hard question. <laughs> um, I love when, so I, I have virtual communities you mentioned, and I also started the Park City Marketing Club here. So I have oh, nice. an in-person community too. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing people make connections without me like sitting against the wall and seeing new friendships forming or um, in the lab when someone says, oh yeah, we got together and had a call because we're both working on this thing or two people peel off and create an accountability thing. Like seeing that by holding space and bringing people together that then that's like multiplying and going forward. I really love that. And all I would have flipped that question back to you. Like, what do you love most about community building? Honestly, the same. Uh, We had uh, a guest. um, If somebody's not month to month kind of locked in long term, then they're considered a guest here. We treat everybody that walks through our door like members. And this is case in point. Um, She was kind of long term visiting us this summer. And I came to work um, on a Tuesday and found out that one of our members had connected with the, that particular guest and they, their spouses got together and they all went out on the boat. And mm-hmm. then they were scheduled to meet up later in the week to uh, go on a hike. And then um, there was a lunch organized uh, to... Uh, wish this this person who was a guest in our space farewell because um, mm. so she was here for the summer while her home was being built, which is out of state. And so she was visiting with her in-laws and we adored her, just loved having her here. And uh, it was just so fun to sit back and see all of that take place. And it was like... I I love this. I love to see when you take care of people and that spills over to people taking care of people in whatever way they, they need it or they do it best. And I love it. I love that. That I love that story. Christy, I have something else that I really love about community building and it's seeing people grow within the community. Mm -hmm. Like I'm thinking of one particular space operator that when she showed up, she was a brand new entrepreneur, brand new business owner, just green, right? And now a couple, two, three years later, she's teaching other operators things that she's learned and stuff. And watching someone grow within the community is just like such a source of pride. It just makes me so happy to see people because like what we were talking about earlier is entrepreneurs stepping into our best selves, seeing other people do that with the support of a community is just thrilling. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. The growth right there is just, it's so awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Uh, curious about what your upcoming plans are and what aspirations you have uh, for the future. Well, my if you can share <laughs> big giant pie in the sky mission is to connect with every indie space operator and help and support them. Like that's like my grand vision. Um, it keeps me up at night thinking there are people who don't know that this exists mm. and are trying to do everything on their own. Like, right. and yes, the lab, yes, convos, but also just like the bigger kind of co-working community. So I really want to connect with everyone. And then within that, just constantly growing and strengthening my business and figuring out what's the right next direction, like of all those ideas, like which one makes sense that's going to move the needle. And um, I am so grateful. I live here in Park City, Utah and have a lovely life and I want to potentially stay here forever. So I'm constantly just thinking of like quality of life and how that aligns with my business and what growing looks like. So I don't have a super clear answer other than keep doing what I'm doing, mm -hmm. keep reaching out. I know there are so many people who are not tuned in to what we're doing. So trying to find ways to reach out to them and get them inside our, our little circle here. That's kind of the big vision. Like I'd like to do more speaking mm -hmm. and that's, that's where that's happening right? I'm putting myself out there more and more to do more speaking and teaching. So that's fantastic. I have a couple of books that are kind of in the works. One's further along than the other, but in my best life self, I definitely see myself as, you know, having, having some books out there. So that's intimidating and exciting, but I, I'm, I feel pretty fortunate that, my best life is pretty much just doing more of what I do. Like I'm pretty aligned with my values and, and my vision right now. Doesn't it feel good to be there? <laughs> just be like, this is it. This is it. And this is the focus. And I'm just going to keep growing here. It's, you know, I look at my daughter who, like I said, is a senior and she's like, this is, this is the end of my school career. What comes next? Just to feel like I love this. It's going to be this only better from here on out. I agree completely. And I admire people your daughter's age who kind of know what they want to do. It's like, oh my gosh, when I was like, 19, 20, 21, I just was taking the windy road. I was all over yeah. the place. Like I said, spent 20 years working in record stores before I kind of hit my stride. I'm like, oh, this is what I'm here to do. Okay. Yeah. Right. So let's just like keep, stay focused, keep doing, keep doing the things. And as long as I stay in service to mindset, things seem to work out. And that sounds a little woo woo, but that's the thing that keeps me grounded. It's like, okay, am I helping and serving and, you know, moving from that place? Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I agree. I'm there with you. Well, it's been wonderful being able to chat with you. I really appreciate your time. It's been an honor to be able to share your insights with the local entrepreneurs here. So thanks so much for being part of the show. Any uh, final thoughts on Do It Scared? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me, Christy. This has been 
really fun. It's not very often that I get to just dig into entrepreneurship, even though it's what I'm doing all the time. Um, doing it scared. Yeah. There's some quote, maybe it's Eleanor Roosevelt about like everything we want is on the other side of fear. And mm. I just really feel like that's true. Like when we have we have our vision and it's a big, scary vision, it's intimidating to think of like what might I be? What could I be? And it just is like showing up today and doing stuff that that scares us. Or it's like shying away, not shying away from things that scare us, right? Someone says, hey, do you want to give a talk at this thing? You know, there's always a little voice that's like, oh, I don't know, you know, what if this or what if that? And um, it's easy to say like, oh, sorry, I can't. It's mm -hmm. like, but what might it look like if you're like, yes, I will do that thing, right? And then mm -hmm. doing that and seeing where that leads and just being open to where we're kind of led and guided and not blocking ourselves with fear, not letting fear block us from opportunities and from our potential, mm -hmm. from who we're who we are in the world, like not letting fear be the thing that stops us and says, I'm just going to go sit on the couch instead of give that talk. Great, great point. And I think that it helps to to know that that fear, you know, you're not the only one that experiences it. We're all right there with you. <laughs> it comforts me immensely that like Maya Angelou talks openly about having imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. It's like, I mean, people who are just absolute world changers sit there and feel like, oh, I'm an imposter. It's like, it's really helpful to remember that, that it's, there's something in us that's trying to keep us safe by not doing things that are too far out there. But um, that's just kind of reptilian brain yeah. <laughs> chatting. We have to like, let go into our higher, into our higher potential. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for being here and for, um, sharing your insights with us today. We really appreciate yeah, it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Christy. And thank you listeners for joining us for this episode. If you're an entrepreneur, we hope that our conversation has inspired you to keep chasing your dreams. Thanks for listening. This podcast was recorded at WorkSmart Coworking and Meeting Space in downtown Glens Falls and produced by Black Mountain Visuals. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Join us again next time. We'll meet just off Glen.